0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast of the Children's Trust Fund. I'm Kirk Schreiber, Executive Director for the Missouri Children's Trust Fund, and joining me today is Kelly Schultz. Kelly is the Director for the Office of Child Advocate here in Missouri. Kelly, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Kelly, perhaps for our listeners who aren't familiar with the uh, purpose and function of your office, just tell us a little bit about what your office does and the type of services you provide.
1: Absolutely. The Office of Child Advocate is the third-party reviewer to Children's Division, and we have five main functions. The first is reviewing unsubstantiated hotline investigations. The second is foster care case management review, so if you had concern about the safety of a child in foster care or making sure they had all the services they needed. We also offer mediation between parents and school districts when there's allegations of abuse in a school setting. We do child fatality reviews for children and families that have had history with children's division. And we also provide information referrals for families that are in need of services.
0: Now, third-party reviewer, what mm-hmm. what exactly does that mean?
1: Absolutely. We are separate from Children's Division. We are a state office, but we are not part of Department of Social Services. We have a contract that we are able to see and are provided with all documentation regarding children in care or hotline investigations, also medical reports, law enforcement reports. But we review. We don't take over the case management. We don't send out and, and redo interviews. We really are looking for policy violations, any practice concerns and whether or not we have any recommendations regarding the case.
0: Okay, very good. It it sounds to me like you're doing quite a lot. So how many staff do you have to do all of this work?
1: We have three staff members that review cases throughout the entire state.
0: Have you seen an increase in the need for your types of service?
1: Yes, we have had a substantial increase in caseloads. We had a 63% increase in cases this past year and a a 37% increase even in the year prior to that. Public awareness of child abuse neglect concerns has really increased in the last several years, both from national news stories and just awareness at the local level. At the same time, I think awareness of our office has increased. We try to go out and speak to groups as much as possible and just raise the awareness of our office because we are referral-based. Somebody needs to call us and voice their concerns about a case for us to enter into it.
0: So someone calls your office and then what happens next? How does your entire process work?
1: Sure, when somebody calls our office, it is confidential. We never release the identity of the caller unless we've given, we're have given specific instructions to from the caller. We notify Children's Division and the juvenile office that we've entered into a case and request all the documents at that time. It typically takes us about a week to, to get all of the law enforcement, medical, Children's Division files, if there's any court records that we need to see. It. It takes about a week to get all of that together. And we talk to many participants in the case. We may be talking to the guardian ad litem, which is the attorney that represents the child, the children's division worker, school teachers, anybody who has contact with the children and has concerns. Our reviews take 30 business days. During that time, we are looking from the day Children's Division became involved with the family through current day. So we're really looking backwards. We're not taking over the case management and working forwards. At the end of those 30 days, we issue a letter to Children's Division, both at the circuit manager level, the regional, and the division director. We are notifying them if we're in agreement with the case management or the results of the hotline investigation. And we're also noting if we have any policy violations, practice concerns, and whether or not we have any recommendations for moving this point forward. We send a carbon copy to the juvenile office. Now, our complainants, a lot of times we're bound by confidentiality, and we can't share medical information about the family or or private information. And so the complainant will just get a a letter notifying them that we've closed our review and whether or not we noted any policy violations. But our letter to Children's Division is very specific. It notes the date, the time, and what concerns that we had.
0: Who should call your office?
1: Anybody can call our office. Parents can be the caller, a school teacher or school counselor, a next-door neighbor. Um, You know, sometimes we have callers who've read an article in the newspaper and something just doesn't seem right, and they just would like for us to take a look at it. Again, we're not sharing private family information back with the callers to our office. We're notifying Children's Division of that. But anybody who has any concerns regarding the safety of a child and wants us to take a look at it absolute can Call our office.
0: So if someone would want to get in touch with your office, what is the best way they should contact you?
1: Absolutely. We have a toll free line and that's eight six six four five seven two three zero two. Let me give that one more time. It's eight six six four five seven two three zero two. Or they can always email me at OCA at OCA.
0: Is there a cost for your services?
1: No, we are free. We are a state agency. There's no cost to contact us.
0: I know these days there's a lot of emphasis on program outcomes or, or what has changed or what is better as a result of a program or service. How do you measure whether or not your office is effective?
1: Well. Effectiveness and measuring effectiveness in child welfare cases is difficult. Individually, we can look at cases and and feel that the children have more stability, that they're in a safer environment for individual cases. But as far as performance measurements, our office takes a look at if we're closing our cases within time frames, and we close over 93% of our cases in time frames within those 30 days. Reasons why they may not be closed in time frames, if we have a court hearing coming up or there's a new hotline investigation towards the end of our review that we want to take into account, we may not close it within those 30 days. But effectiveness, we also keep track of Children's Division's responses back to our office if if they're in agreement with our findings or if there's been some new training that's been issued or anything like that.
0: Now, you mentioned your phone number Mm -hmm. and your email. Do you have a website?
1: Yes, I do. It's oca.mo.gov.
0: And that phone number again for those of you that would want to uh, reach Kelly at OCA is 866-457-2302 or OCA at G-O-V. Kelly, anything else that you would like to talk about this morning?
1: I just always want to tell people that child safety and child welfare is everybody's business. It's the public's business. It's the school teachers. It's the families. And so I always ask adults to trust their instincts if something doesn't feel right and it it doesn't pass that gut check, then you need to notify. It's not, the public doesn't have to investigate. They don't have to be sure they're right before calling Children's Division and asking for a hotline investigation. I think it's up to each and every one of us to make sure the children in our community are safe and well taken care of.
0: Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. Kelly, thank you again for being here and for sharing about your work at uh, the Office of Child Advocate. And we thank our listeners and remind you to please tune in to other podcasts of Missouri CTF. And please remember that that we all have a responsibility to keep our children safe.